All right, man. Let's let's roll. <clears throat> hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stay for the Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elijah. Joining me today is a four-time marathoner, ultra marathon finisher, recent New York City and Chicago marathon finisher, owner operator of New York City Runphoto.com, Dave Hashem. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm here. good. I'm good, man. Finally, uh, we're happy that we're finally able to, to do this. Um, yeah, so let's jump right into it. I've been dying to ask you how you got into running because some background and context for me, um, I was in Florida most of last year and then I came back to New York early March and hot on the scene, I see this <laughs> dude bl- blowing up social media, taking some killer photos, creating all this content. And I'm like, who is this guy? And so I, I identified you as a photographer up front and then come to find out that you're also a runner. And I found that super relatable to myself because I'm a runner slash photographer also. Um, and I, yeah, I was like, oh, this guy is doing all of it uh, and everything in between. So um, I knew you up front as a photographer, but I want to dive into how you got into running. So walk me through that story, and and yeah, I'll let you take, I'll let you go from there. So how did yeah, you get started with running? It's funny because um, most people think of me as photographer first, okay. runner second. Somebody actually posted on a, a, on a on a post I did today or yesterday about the New York City Marathon. Like I didn't even know you ran. I was like, yeah. <laughs> four, <laughs> yes, four time marathoner, ultra marathon <laughs> yeah, finisher. Yeah, yeah I'm running. I have, I do run. Um, yeah, the story's uh, pretty. I have only started been running for about two years, um, wow. actually. So I'm really, really new to the sport. Um, I started basically on the New York City Marathon 2018. Okay. I was having brunch right by the 4th Ave, um, the, the Brooklyn, like, Gowanus area. Mm-hmm. with a buddy of mine and we were just like shooting shit and I was sort of like you know I've always kind of wanted to run a marathon and wow. he was like he is a I think a four or five time marathon finisher he's done London he's done Berlin he's done New York a couple times on Chicago nice. and he was like yeah I'll do it with you and like let's do Chicago it's easy it's easy-ish to get into rather mm-hmm. than like you know London or Berlin or, or New York and so I signed up he signed up and I got in a lottery he did not and mm-hmm. so I was left with a choice of like, I'm either going to do this thing, I'm either going to train for it, do it properly, or I'm just going to half-ass it. Mm-hmm. And I decided to, to train properly. And so I signed up for a training, training program, hated it, absolutely could not stand running, did not like it. And mm-hmm. then something flipped after my first 18-mile long run. I was like, this is actually kind of fun. Like this in, is enjoyable. In your training at the 18-mile mark the in the training? Of, yeah, literally. I was on an 18-week or 16 or 18-week really long training program for like new, basically a couch to marathon training program. Mm-hmm. And I was like in the middle of my 18-mile long run. I was like, this is actually kind of fun. And I t- took my training seriously halfway through, which is wow. the best and worst thing because I ended uh, up uh, yeah. being really hurt for Chicago uh, as mm. a result. But um, I fell in love with it then and just kind of been doing it ever since. Nice. How was that experience? Well, historically, so like growing up, what sports did you play, if any, um, growing up? It's a good question. Double click into. Yeah. I mean, I was a lacrosse player actually growing up. So I played lacrosse um, for probably 12 to 
12 to 13 years. Wow. Um, all the way through, I started to dabble in college at, at Michigan, but it just wasn't, the program was still club and it wasn't really mm-hmm. right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, did lacrosse and then did skiing. So downhill, oh, cool. downhill competitive racing was my jam in the winter. And then in the summers, springs, uh, I would do, in, in falls, I would do lacrosse. So I, wow. I could run, I did run, but it was mm-hmm. not, running was just wasn't something that I did. I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't grow up as someone that was like, yeah, you know what I need to do? I need to figure out like five K's. Like it just, it didn't seem obtainable. didn't seem like anything I, I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. All right. So backtracking all the way to childhood, what, what, what was your interest to get into skiing? That's so new to me because I grew up in Texas. So like we had no oh, yeah. snow every four years they'd like have flurries, but we zero, zero snow in Houston and Texas. So my interest there is like, how did you, how does one get into competitive skiing? So I was on skis at the age of two. Wow. I grew up, I grew up in Western Mass and we had this little bunny hill uh, ski, uh, ski place called Bosque. And it mm. was tiny, tiny two lift place. Um, and it's just something people did. You were just sort of on skis when you can walk my niece who's uh, just recently turned two. She's going to get on skis this, this winter. And, um, you sort of like it or you don't. And then I started to ski at the age of two and then around eight or nine, they have programs that start to integrate you into like downhill racing Mm -hmm. and what it means to like have good form, a racing form, have, have good, um, sort of suppress the fear that goes with racing because you have to deal with certain amounts of fear and adrenaline as you're pushing Mm -hmm. yourself to go faster. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the age of eight or nine, I just started doing competitive downhill and it was just it, honestly it's just sort of a natural transition from starting to learn how to ski to doing it better mm-hmm. to then like that next level is always okay now you're going to start racing now yeah. and so then i just started racing nice all right so correct me if i'm wrong is that what you see on the winter olympics when people are going super fast downhill and they're weaving in and out of the markers is that more yep. or less what it is okay Pretty much. That's, there's, three, that's crazy. there's three levels to it. There's Super G, which is what you probably are seeing, like the really long, like mm-hmm. the gates are really, really far apart. That's called Super mm-hmm. Grand Slalom. There's Grand Slalom, which they're shorter. Uh, and then Slalom is like the really fast. They're hitting each oh, gate yeah. with their arm. Like that's that's that sort of, um, uh, I'm sorry, my wife's making toast. Uh, that's that's that. Uh, the, the Slalom is what people know is like, oh, it looks really fast. And it, mm-hmm. it can be different speeds. Um, but my specialty was grand solemn, just going, I'd love to go just as fast as humanly possible. And it was fine. It was, it was fine until I got hurt for a bit and mm. but still continued into my teens. I was skiing probably seven days a week at, at certain wow. points in my life. Nice. So that, oh, that was going to be my next question is how, how were you in skiing? Like how good were you or <laughs> did you like win medals? Were you like number one in your class or in your league? Like walk me through. I was Champ, to, champion dave champion I'm, dave on the podium i'm generally a, a humble person but I, I i do say that i was pretty good at skiing okay. um and still still remain pretty good at skiing i was i did metal like there's basically competitive skiing in western mass you compete against different hills so there's mm-hmm. different i would say seven or eight different mountains in western mass slash southern vermont that you compete against mm-hmm. so i was going against people that were in also same position skiing for 
since they could walk. It's just part mm. of their lifeblood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in Grand Slalom, I, I meddled a couple times um, throughout my like career. And then as I aged into high school, I would then compete at the high school level mm-hmm. and would win consistently in high school. Nice. Um, so it was, uh, again, it's hard to, hard to be like, yeah, I was, I was the shit. That was awesome. But, <laughs> no, <laughs> but it, sounds I, like, it sounds like you were, man. That's cool. No, but it was, it, it was, it's a fun, like, I, I just enjoy just going fast. Like mm-hmm. the medals were sort of secondary to me. Mm-hmm. I just like, you know, cause you're essentially competing sort of similar to running. You're competing against other people mm-hmm. clearly, but it's an individual sport. Mm-hmm. So the fo- focus is like, how do you feel after that course? Cause you, mm-hmm. unlike rate, unlike running, you get three, two, sometimes three tries at the same course. Oh, okay. So you go to a mountain oh, cool. and it's the fastest, you'll, they'll pick the fastest of three times. Mm-hmm. So you'll go down at once and that's sort of like, you're just getting set. Second time you're like, okay, how do I do that better? And the third time that you're hoping, like, I'm just going to. Is the best F one that you do. I'm going to rip. Um, yeah. Yeah. And. I just love that that third try was always just like my favorite because I just I knew the course I knew the turns I knew what mm-hmm. to expect, and I would just try to go and push as fast as I possibly could down the mountain. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah. so new to me too. Like I have never experienced that. Um, one thing that you said is that you didn't care about the medals. I relate to that a lot. Um, so I've talked about this before, and I shared this with you just shortly before we jumped on. Is that I used to compete in martial arts. Um, and so I competed for eight years, but at some point, like I was ranked, I was pretty, I mean, I was pretty good and I was ranked, um, in like the U S international market and like the local Texas market. Um, and so I, I was pretty high up there in the rankings. And after a while, like the garage gets full of trophies and medals. And it's like, you know, like you, it's, it's the, it's the, as a competitor, it's getting out there, getting after it. And like, like winning is winning, but doing your best is what is key. And like always doing your best or always getting better in performance. And when it came to martial arts, like that was always, I was always trying to per- perfect the craft. And then once I did that, then it was on to the next, like step, like, uh, the next craft or like style that I could specialize in and then learn everything about that style and then compete in that style and hopefully win and then move on to the next style. So it was just like that. Like I, I remember at some point, even at a young age, like we're talking about seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I was like less concerned about um, the medals and the, like the awards. I was more about how like I wanted to know my score because they would judge you and panel of judges would score you um, and like the higher score would win. Right. But I was always trying to get all fives, like kind of like gymnastics is how I would mm. how I should compare it to is when you get those scoreboards um, and like the closer you are to perfection and that's where you want to be. And that's how you know that you'll win. Um, and I, even at, again, at a young age, I was very much like, okay, I don't really care about the trophy. There were a number of times I wouldn't even go pick up the trophy and they would actually yeah. call my name on the, on the, on the speaker, like go pick up your medal right now, please. Everyone else is waiting for you because that was like a rule, I guess, is that, um, no one could get their medals or, or their awards until number one, the oh, first yeah? place winner went to go get it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and a number of times my family or like, a, um, a teammate would have to go and pick it up and be like, yeah, we're taking it for him. And then, um, I'd always try to like give it to somebody or like someone else that like a younger kid or someone else in my like martial arts school or something like that. But yeah, after a while it just didn't, I didn't really matter. anymore. Yeah. We would leave typically leave before the medal ceremony. 
Mm, so okay, like yeah. for me for me it that's was always, legit that's how you yeah. know you're good you just go <laughs> win and walk out you know we just we just feel like we got to get home because it's a full day i mean racing is a full day because you got oh, like 100 yeah. racers getting down the same mountain so we were just like we're tired we've been here since six in the morning mm-hmm. like we're, we're out but yeah. for me it was always about i wanted to feel good about mm-hmm. doing it like no matter what good would be either fast mm-hmm. or technical i always wanted to just feel good walk off the mountain feeling like i accomplished mm-hmm. what i set out to do not mm-hmm. like Oh, can I get, can I beat that dude that beat me last week? It was Mm -hmm. never really about that for me. Mm -hmm. So is there a, well, obviously there's a difference between skiing and snowboarding. Have you done both and do you have a preference? I'm the worst snowboarder in the world. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) I've been, I've spent hours and hours and hours on mountains, um, all over the Northeast, but snowboarding and me just have never jammed the first time. I've tried it a couple times, but the last time I did it um, was when, this is how far back it was, you actually clipped in in ski boots in mm. your snowboard, mm-hmm. um, and they had a little leash on it, but the leash came off and I fell, mm. and my board went down the mountain without me, so I was running down a wow. full mountain chasing a snowboard in the woods, and after that experience, I was like, you know what, it's just like, <laughs> I, I tried it, I gave it the old college try, but just, yeah. just this is not... I, not, I feel like with, with skiing, though, <laughs> there there are more things to get loose on the course. Like you lose oh, yeah. the ski or you lose the, I don't know what it's called, like the stick or the little hand. The, the poles. The poles, yeah. there we go, yeah. They, like, call yeah, that a yard, they call that a yard sale. When you yeah. when you fall and multiple things come off, they okay. call that a, they, that's, a, people will yell, used to, I don't know if they do it now, but they used uh-huh. to yell from the, the chairlift, like yard sales, kind of a running joke. That's funny, yeah. Um, all right, so then... But that's interesting, man, because even so lacrosse has some format of running, like compared to soccer or football, um, you're constantly on your feet and you're always running around. So when you got into running uh, a couple years ago, was it a pretty you, you said that you didn't like it at first, but after a while, was it kind of like a good, seamless, easy transition to get into having history, like being on your feet or like kind of having always running around? Um, sort of, I mean, with the cross, it was all for me. That was, that was actually about me. I loved competing against other people. That was me. That was sort of the antithesis of my skiing Mm -hmm. where I liked, you know, you know, this for football, right? Like out juking people or like Mm -hmm. going faster than people in the moment for a purpose. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you're going for to score a goal, right, you want to go fast in the moment to beat the defender. But Mm -hmm. for running, obviously like different mechanics you're not doing any lateral movements unless you're running an orchard street runner race um you know where you have to dodge cars Mm -hmm. or dodge bikers Mm -hmm. but um it was i think that it was a mental mind shift that i had to do when i started to take up running versus lacrosse um Mm -hmm. running where lacrosse there's a purpose there's a ball there's a play there's something that's driving you towards your physical exertion there's a Mm -hmm. purpose with running i had to sort of think about what is that purpose for this run? What is that purpose for a goal? And mm-hmm. it's sort of the same thing with skiing. Like you're chipping away at smaller goals or smaller technical things or smaller purposes to get a larger thing, either on race day or certain ski training or a certain training block mm-hmm. that I would do. It took a bit. It took a while. Like yeah. I, I, first year. Uh, of at least, at least until mile 18. Unless, yeah. Until, <laughs> until that, that 18 one, miler. Until that one run where it broke through. It yeah, was just yeah. like, I just saw it. And I think that's the hardest part for people who, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you're counted as people who don't either run or don't really know the sport or want to do it. They're like, I just don't know 
I don't like to run or like, how do you mm -hmm. run four miles? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, in your head, you're like, okay, what kind of four mile run are they talking about? Is mm -hmm. it a recovery run? Is it a, in a training block? Is it just mm -hmm. a casual run? Um, I didn't have any of that language. Um, and yeah. I didn't have anyone teaching me that language. For me, it was mm -hmm. still like a monolith of you go out to run. There's yeah. no like purpose or drive behind it. Um, mm -hmm. So it did take a while, so, you know, mm -hmm. it took months. But once I found it, it sort of unlocked something that I was like, oh, now I can start to break this down into digestible ch chunks and start mm -hmm. to see why people do this in the first mm -hmm. place. Not just how, but also the, it started to give me a little bit of the why. Yeah. So what is your why? What's the one thing or a number of things that you love about running? Oh, man. I, I like, I was thinking about this the other day after I, after I finished New York I like the. I almost like the training more than I like the racing. The process. Uh, New York. New York was a different story. It was a different level. Like it's it, beautiful on all all accounts, but I almost love the process of just being out in the city, being out in a in an environment where the only thing that's demanding anything of me is myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like the insul. I'm sort of an insular trainer. I would say. 35% of my training is group training or with a training partner or with somebody else. But a lot of that 65% is really just myself in my mm -hmm. thoughts. And I love the process of working through a workout, working through a long run and going through an experience where um, I'm able to dictate that experience. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of my other either hobbies or life, people are asking things of me. And it's the mm -hmm. only time where I can just be serene in my thoughts and like not have to answer to anybody but myself. And I think, you know, a lot of runners have said that who, who do solo training or do predominantly solo training. Um, so it's not uncommon, but I think it's, it's something that does drive me to then look forward to the next run of being mm -hmm. able to just do it myself and dictate my own, challenges dictate my own pace mm. and and work through that that process mm -hmm. of a run yeah yeah that that is also what i love about running too is the personal aspect of it like really just how personal running is you know you've heard the cliche but really it's a true statement or like a way of life or a way of running is like run your own race like, yeah. no one else can tell you what to do. Like, even when it comes to training, like, there are recommendations, there are styles, there are strategies and plans. But when it what it comes down to is you putting your best foot forward and one in front of the other, and it's your journey and your process. That, that much of it I love uh, a lot. Um, and even, so, like, my intro to running was still centered around football. So, like, yeah. I, I was training to get back in shape for a football tryout. And so I had that push to do just that to get back in shape for the tryout. So like when you mentioned like people ask, how do you run four miles? But your thought is like, oh, well, are they doing an easy run or a tempo run? Or what is the fundamentals of that four miles? For me, it was like finish four miles. It was like you have no choice but to run four miles. Um, but it didn't start off that way. It was like run one mile and then two and then three. And it was a progression and a process. Um, but I had to force myself to set those standards and set those goals. 
And again, it's so personal. Like, yeah. you know, I could have been fine running a mile a day for three months, getting back and trying to get back in shape. But no, it was like the eagerness to push myself beyond the limits of what I thought I could do. Um, and even I was training for a different position, a more skilled position. Growing up, I was a more heavy set, muscular player, and I wanted to try out for a skilled, faster position. So I needed to actually change my fundamentals, my physical form to get to be faster and be quicker to play receiver, play offense. Um, so that was a whole process in its own. But yeah, that's how I fell in love with running was discovering that there really are no limits to what you can push your body to do, or even what you can push your mind to do too. Um, and that is one, like at a core belief of mine is mind over matter of all, above all else. A hundred percent. And I, and I also like, I mean, the, the, the sort of underpinning to, to my purpose is I actually smoked for 14 years. Mm. So I smoked really from an early age, earlier than was legal at the time, uh, or still. Um, but like the ability to push and have that mind over matter when I started, when I quit around the age of 30. Um, so about, I've been free of cigarettes for seven, seven ish years. Um, but like just the joy of having a run and having like the ability to do that. Cause before there was no mm. possibility when I was smoking, there was no ability to do this. Like physically, mm -hmm. I could not do it. And mm -hmm. so for me, it's, you know, sort of that insular, like it is a gift for me. Like I do, mm -hmm. like I am one of those guys that's like, will on the run and be like, holy shit, that was like a spiritual experience just because I do reflect on, and that sounds corny to, to me when I say it out loud, but <laughs> to, to do reflect on those times when I was smoking a pack a day, you yeah. know, and that they like, yeah. I would get winded going up the stairs. I woke up, I would wake up winded at times wow. Wow. Uh, so, oh, so going man. going from that to finishing a marathon for me mm, is like i mm. still feel like some self-appreciation there just because it's you know there are times where i still crave cigarettes even mm -hmm. though i've i've been clean for seven years um so it's like to your point of like there is a you know setting that go that mac i feel like it's important to have a macro goal if you can mm -hmm. have that yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, it's just consistency is that macro goal mm. because I still feel like I did have a position. I did. A, I came from a place where I was smoking a pack a day and there was no trajectory of physical feats that I was on at 30. Like there was mm -hmm. no there was no marathon on my like, like I said, I've only been doing this for two years. There's no marathon on my on my calendar at 30, <laughs> you know, but now I still now I've been able to have like yeah. things come up and, and, and work towards goals that I just seven years ago were, were nuts to me. I'd be like mm -hmm. dude, looking back on me seven years ago, I'd be like, dude, what, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we, we talked through, we talked about your, the process of training for your first marathon. Now walk me through the experience of actually running and finishing that first marathon. So I was injured two weeks out. So well, I got injured two weeks before for my, the my first my first marathon, and that's when I was sort of insinuating that there was a mistake that was made uh, because yeah, I got yeah. serious in my training. I had plantar really really bad mm. in my, um, and I don't recommend anybody doing this. I had plantar so bad I couldn't walk. So I, I did my twenty two mile long run. Two days later, I couldn't walk without excruciating pain in my left in my left knee. So I had a decision. I had to either call off the race or chance it, not taper, basically not run for two weeks, mm -hmm. uh, do cross training, and, and then just show up in Chicago and see what happens. So I, ch I chose the latter because I was like, you know what? I worked so hard. I've already bought the tickets. Um, 
I'll just like do some cycling, do some spin classes, keep my keep my uh, fitness level up, do one run before and then try see what happens. So I showed up mm-hmm. to the start line of Chicago in 2019, not having run for two weeks. I basically did one like small shakeout test run, mm-hmm. and I felt it, but every step on my journey from my front door all the way to, to Chicago start line was filled with like pain in my left mm. foot. So to answer your question, like running it, every step was like, is this going to be the last step that my, that my body and my knee can give out? Or is mm-hmm. it going to give out the next step? Is it going to get out the next step? So each mile to some degree was like, Oh, that's awesome. I oh, made it mile win. one. Yeah, yeah. I made it mile one for, after my first mile. I was like, made it mile one. Okay, cool. Done. Awesome. Crowds are great. Let's make it to mile two. And each mile sort of compounded upon it. Mm-hmm. And now I wasn't running as fast as I, or as hard as I probably could have. Um, mm. But at the end of it, I finished and I walked across the fish and I was like, crap, like, all right. Each little digestible mile worked up to 26.2 somehow. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't run for three months because I was in I was injured. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, and uh, the, adrenaline, the adrenaline wears off, and then all oh, yeah. of the energy is gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it was it was rough, but it was a beautiful experience just in terms of like I was able to push away the demons and experience it. Like it didn't impact the, how I perceived the 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 full end to end marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did like make me wanting more i would i'd actually be curious if if i didn't wasn't injured if i would still be running today because like mm. i felt like i crossed the finish line i was like there's more to this mm-hmm. there's there's more here there's more that i want to learn about because I, i've crossed it and i was like it was still hard but i didn't i wasn't hands on knees i wasn't mm, yeah about to throw up i wasn't like i didn't knew i didn't push myself as hard as i could have uh, and i was like there's more to this there's more to unlock here and um, Chicago just as a course, as a, the city comes out, you know, I wasn't attached to any crew. So I was, I was, you know, waving at family and friends that I had mm-hmm. known, but I didn't have like, you know, I wasn't a part of Brooklyn track at that point. Um, but I left wanting and knew that there was like a much, much more that I needed to learn and much more that I could access if I just mm-hmm. did it a little bit more focused, had a little more like, like, took my training more seriously at the start in the beginning I, yeah. in the beginning i knew i'd be able to unlock a little bit more mm-hmm. oh yeah that, so you had family out there right because you were out there in the midwest and chicago and um yeah that's cool yeah man that's that so the family showed up and they were training you family on showed did, up, did they uh, know yeah. that you were hurt did they know that you were pushing through some kind of injury no only uh. only my wife cecilia knew um so that was the other thing is like i don't like to tell people when i'm when I'm uh, yep. when I'm injured, because I don't like to, I don't like excuse, I don't like ex- external excuses mm. on my mm. training. Don't let me forget that. I have a story to tell you about that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a it's um it's a thing with me of like if I'm injured or if I'm hurting, like I I sort of don't like to show show it, mm. and it's, mm-hmm. the result is the result. You know, I always yeah. I always think results are binary to some degree. Like either you hit your goal or you didn't hit your goal. Mm-hmm. There's no subtext for me. It's like yeah, I yeah. can talk all about hitting the wall or, you know, being injured or, you know, using a poorer potty at some point, like mm-hmm. I can all talk, but did you hit your time or did you not hit your time? Yep. So for me, like that's how I approach it. Um, but the family didn't know. So I was all smiles for the photos. <laughs> and, then, and then immediately <laughs> yeah. after I would be like, 
oh, okay, and I can limp a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at, any, at some point during that first marathon experience, did you have moment of doubts? Like, did you feel as if you wanted to stop and not finish? Like, did you have to overcome those, those thoughts, or was it pretty consistent and, like, you knew that you would, able, you would be able to finish even if you were just going at a mile at a time? I knew if my leg didn't give out, I'd be able to finish. Hundred percent. There was no um, that first marathon. It was the weather. I'm a cold weather runner, meaning like I love to run in anything under forty degrees. And it was thirty. Mm. I think it was like thirty eight and in breezy. So for me, like perfect ideal temps. Um, so the temperature wasn't a factor, and like my nutrition plan was fine. So everything was fine. It was more mm. just like, is my leg going to give out? So I held back in the beginning, and that probably did help me not hit the wall. It helped, probably helped me finish stronger because I was definitely holding back in those early miles of just like, this is a test run. This is a warm up. Can I, can I make it to halfway? Mm-hmm. If I can make it to halfway, then like for me, maybe I'll start to push a little bit more, but I, I won't go outside of my comfort zone because mm-hmm. I don't want to, what I didn't want to do entering the race, knowing I was injured, I didn't want to go out too hard and then just blow up immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was sort of like a slow burn throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. Nice. Um, oh, what was I going to, there's a question. Wait, so you were training. Oh, when, okay. You, you said when you crossed that finish line, you weren't huffing and puffing. You weren't on your knees. Are you one of those athletes that if you, if you don't finish a workout or a competition in that way, do you feel as if you gave it your all or do you feel less than like you were at a hundred percent? Are you one? I, yeah. I need to. I need to feel a little hurt, a little tired, a little just like something th- yeah. that I made it through. Okay. Um, I like grit. I, I love. I love mm. the term grit. I love the notion of grit. I love like finishing things with nothing left in the tank. Mm. And I, uh, even if it's, you know, obviously not every run could run be run that way, and not every training mm-hmm. run should be run that way. But when it comes to competition with myself, like I mm-hmm. love to feel like if I have a hard effort, I am, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I, I walked away, like not just the context of like, there's a, there's a whole thing called running that yeah. I needed to understand. For me personally, I was like, oh, man, I just, I, I, there, I, I need to feel like I did mm, something. Yeah. And I, I walked away yeah. Feeling there's another level. There's another level that you could hit, and you know that in like deep down, you know you could have done something else. Yeah, I hundred percent. I get that. That I, for a long time, uh, um, I mean, as a growing up um, as a competitive athlete in number like a few sports, uh, that has always been true and a very similar feeling to me. It's like if I if I was I wouldn't I need to give it hundred percent, and my tank better be empty by the time I'm done with a workout or with a game or a competition. If it's not, then like I would be my own worst critic and I, I'd, I'd like make sure that I gave it more than enough or more than my all next time. Or like I did something to balance that out. Um, uh, it's funny, like, but even with running, like I would push myself to the extreme when I started running. Like a part of it was um, to push myself for how, however, as hard as I could for how long that I could to help with that progression process, whether that's a good or bad way to look at it. It's like, if I push myself to the extreme, I can shorten the time frame it takes for me to adjust to becoming, becoming a runner. You know, like I gave that, you know, super oversimplified example of running a mile every day training for a football tryout or running a mile, like a, a, an extra mile, 
every week until I was at that training, you know, doing the, uh, um, sorry, like the tryout. Yeah. So like I would push myself to the extreme all the time. And then little mic, like micro challenges for me running a little faster, a little farther every single day, the next day, next day, next day, pushing it to the extreme. And then again, for as long as I could, if I was gassed and winded and hands on knees and I was done for the workout, that's how I needed to feel to be able to help with that progression and to do it in a, in a timely manner or like ho- hopefully quicker than if I, was, if I wasn't, wasn't pushing myself as hard. Um, and okay, so that's one thing I wanted to say also is that <laughs> I, I also don't like the excuse factor. So very similar to you, I rarely will tell anybody if anyone at all, that I'm hurt or I'm injured or like I'm less than 100%. Um, so like that earlier this year, um, I did a thousand mile challenge, 89 days to run a thousand miles, which pretty yeah. much February, March, and April. Um, I ran a thousand miles in 62 days. So March in 31 days, nice. I ran 564 miles in 31 days. <laughs> but it was it was like a it was just a small group of friends and runners from New York, Colorado, LA, California, like uh, ten or fifteen runners, and we were all competing to do this challenge, like thousand mile challenge, and to see who could hit that goal first. And so the last two weeks, or really like two or three weeks, it was me and another guy going head head to head. Like I'd be on top, I'd be on top one day, and the next day he'd, he'd run twenty miles and he'd be on top. And so at some point I was like, all right, if I have any chance of winning, I need to like put my foot down in the gas. Like that's it. Like there's no turning back. I need to go all in, or I'm I'm gonna lose, or I'm gonna get second, and in my mind I'm gonna lose. So. I was the tail end of my 62 days, the last week and a half to two weeks, I was running 20 plus miles a day. And at some point I tweaked my whole right leg. My, I had, I had shin splints on the shin splints on my right side. And then my IT band was all messed up. And so I was limp running for two weeks. Um, but I didn't say a word to anybody because like in my mind, it was crunch time. And in my mind, it was me versus him forget the other 10 people, whoever's going to win is going to win. And I, like the last thing I wanted to do, especially with like two weeks left was, to, or for me, I, I tracked it so I could finish in two weeks. Like when, when, um, March was over with, I wanted to finish it like the next day or two. So, um, yeah. And I, I was eager to just run 20 miles a day for two weeks. And so that was another like micro challenge I did for myself. But when it came down to it, I told nobody that I was hurt, that I was, that I was aching and I was limp running for two weeks and told not a single soul. But as a result, I still won and I got first place and I, I was the first one to a thousand miles. And like then, then I could chill or like then I could try to take it easy and, and recover and get my legs back. But man, I told no soul because in my mind is that that would have been the excuse like, oh, well, now he's hurt or all of a sudden he's hurt when it comes down to the last two weeks and it's crunch time and all of a sudden he's hurt. So that's one thing I've always tried to avoid. And up until recently, I tried to avoid earlier this year. Yeah, and it's, that's the hard part, right, too, because you have to also balance what's going to give you an injury that's going to last oh, yeah. longer than, than, than you want to. Because, mm-hmm. like, for me, um, you know, Chicago 2019 was a, was a learning experience in, like, what I probably, if I was there now, would I do it again? Probably, absolutely not. Because mm-hmm. it took me out of running, basically, from... November, December, January, like three to four months. But now I still like, it's hard for me to gauge where that level of 
am I hurt? Am I injured or am I, or am I like, am I injured or am I just like giving myself a pass? Some aches and pains or something. Because, yeah. yeah, Cause also like, I mean, it's important to note, you know, when you're running, like sometimes your body is just telling you to stop. And Mm -hmm. like, if you look at the orange runners, um, comics, Luke on Instagram, his, a lot of his comics deal with this of like the demons of mm-hmm. like there's demons anytime you're going out to run that are just telling you to stop or slow down or mm-hmm. you know and there's always a million reasons for you to just stop and mm-hmm. just walk and <laughs> never run again yeah. unless you have to but it's um for me the excuses are, are all internal and i'm trying to you know always weigh it helps me when i'm talking to people because i i mm-hmm. always feel like i'm you know i'm not where i want to be with my running yet I feel mm-hmm. like I'm just scratching the surface. So for now, the excuses will be in the back mm. in the back of my mind. I feel like there will be a point which I'll have to have a, a realistic conversation of where I'm at physically for mm-hmm. a race. Um, you know, Chicago this past year was a good example of like, I bonked. There's no, I mean, there's, there, there's, yeah. there was no, you know, the time wasn't great. The time wasn't fantastic. It wasn't what I hoped. But what can I do? You know, mm-hmm. I missed it. I mean, you know, the, yeah. I can, I can give you the reasons why, but those are not excuses, right? Those are, yeah, yeah. those are reasons, those are contextual reasons for me that they're not, I'm never going to be like, well, I bonked because the, you know, cause, well, everyone, I, I hate what this year, everyone keeps saying, well, everyone had a shitty race. Mm. That doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. that doesn't yeah. help me feel better that, about that, yeah, my... Yeah, I was going to say, that has no... That doesn't make me yeah. feel better at all. That I don't care. That like, doesn't help me. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, I didn't go... You know, I'm happy everyone else is in the same crappy boat, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so as excuses, I, I just... I still don't... I, just, I don't like to make them. For, at least I understand that they serve a purpose for other people, though. Yeah. All right, I have a question about Chicago, or a few questions about Chicago. But I do want to say, even as I went about telling the story of like being a little like hurt, injured at the tail end of this thousand mile challenge. I think similar, we probably approached it in a similar way to how you did your first Chicago marathon is that you were pushing just enough to keep mm-hmm. going. So like that though, the last two weeks I was pushing myself just enough to finish 20 mile runs, but by no means was I running the pace that I would have wanted to run. It was like just time on feet and just hitting 20 miles. Um, and I like admittedly did take a few breaks. Like I would have to stop and like massage my leg or take a breather because I'm, I'm compensating from with my other leg or my body is moving a little bit differently. So, um, I do want to say up front, like admittedly, yes, I did everything I could to avoid an injury, even when I was feeling like some pain in my leg. Um, so I would, I would do that. And I was very much like listening to my body. As you put it, there are days when your body will tell you no. And no matter how strong your mind is, your body will win that battle nine times out of ten when that day comes so like those days also yeah I would take it extremely slow be very aware of of my body and and what I'm compensating for and how I'm running and the injuries that that flare up so I do want to say that like not I'm not advocating for (laughs) running while you're hurt I do it properly try to recover I do the same when I can and even now I want to say that too is that um, I tried to speed up that transition phase from a non-runner to a runner. That's why I pushed myself to the extreme very early on um, to be able to run fast and far as quickly as possible. And now, fast forward a few years, now I take it a little more, I have a, a smarter approach to it. So I, I no longer, I overcame that feeling of needed to, needing to be gassed and the mm-hmm. tank empty after a workout. Um, you know, like I don't need that. That's not a necessity for me anymore, but 
I'd still do try to put my foot on the gas towards the, the tail end of workouts. Like if you look at a lot of my runs, usually my last mile is my fastest mile because I push it and then I have a little bit of a recovery, recovery like quarter mile or something. So if you pay attention, I do stuff like that. <laughs> but it's never like, oh, I'm done and I'm on the ground huffing and puffing and that's what I need to feel like I got a good workout. I'd, I'd approach it a little bit differently now having even a short amount of time, a few years of experience under my belt. And now I've overcame that. And there's no longer, no longer a necessity for me to feel that way. Oh, totally. Um, and I have, yeah. a, I mean, and I have a, for full transparency, Jess, Jess Woods, who is my coach. I also have her in my, mm. literally in my head every time I, a Micro, recovery, microphone out. I know yeah, a recovery run. <laughs> she, well, she'll, she'll, she'll leave comments in my, um, in my, my training plan, which she, she works out on a weekly basis. Cool. And she'll like look back and she'll be like, that was too fast. So mm. in, in my head, like in the, sometimes in the prescribed workout, she'll be like, slow the F down. Or mm. <laughs> so yeah. I also, I also now have the added benefit of having a professional person mm. tell telling me to, to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like I, you know, it is, it is, it's hard if you want to go out, you mm. know, it's, it's, everyone still struggles with this, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So with Chicago, what do you think were, the barriers, like what were the, what was the hard factors that went into Chicago that similar to you, a lot of people experienced? What about Chicago was tough? I think it was the humidity. I think everyone underestimated mm. the humidity because, um, so going into Chicago, right? Like the, the context is Chicago, super flat course. Um, you're talking about, uh, you know, it's 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 flat but it's also not a ton of turns like london's flat but has mm. a lot of, you know known for some having having some some turns some sharp turns in there you have wide open straightaways and um typically around chicago weather and in, in october it's typically good ideal conditions so mm. everyone sort of goes into the race thinking oh this is going to be a pr or this is going to be a pr course or a, a bq a boss qualifying time course so I went to it not with BQ in mind, which for my age is, is 305, but I went in and just like, I'll do better than my last time I was in Chicago, mm-hmm. one, and I'll do better than my last uh, marathon PR, which at the time was 323. So I was like, okay, you know, these are within reach. My training was going really, really well. Uh, a lot of my training runs were, I walked away feeling really, really, really good about them. Uh, and it's, I was seeing progression through the training block, mm-hmm. which um, for me started May-ish. Um, and so when we got there, the weather, the humidity, and the heat were higher than normal. We're talking mm-hmm. like they were projecting higher than normal heat, higher than normal humidity. So we're like, okay, it's fine. We'll we'll deal with it. We've dealt with the we ran through the hottest summer in New York, mm-hmm. but then day of we got to the start line. And it wasn't that hot. Mm. I was standing there in a singlet, and I was I was like not really sweating. Like, I think everyone was like, "This is actually not that bad." Mm. But what we think what we discounted was the humidity. So mm-hmm. when we, everyone started it was fine, and then mile sixteen, seventeen, literally a wall. I mean, everyone talks about the wall, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's either a gradual, you know, progression into the dark pain cave or it hits you in the face this like i think hit everybody in the face where um i couldn't absorb water i I was sweating too much i couldn't digest my gels i got a side stitch 
I saw at least five or six. And also there's a mental game, right? When you see yeah. other people in that cave, mm -hmm. you're like, well, they're here. Am I going there? And I saw people mm -hmm. throwing up. I saw people collapsing. And it literally mm -hmm. looked like what I think people think a marathon looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Normal non-runners think a marathon yeah. looks like, which is yeah. like a war just zone. Awful. Yeah, war yeah, zone. That's like, the best way to put it. Yeah, down. just like, you know, the, the you know, it was it was bananas, but it 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 really once I once I hit the wall, I couldn't get out of it. There was mm -hmm. no there was no level of of walking that I could do that would get me back up, and mm -hmm. I just I just faltered, you know. Mm -hmm. And I basically ran, walked for a couple miles, and then pushed through. Um, a couple of my teammates came and and they they saw me either go off the course for a second or mm -hmm. slow down. And some of them ran to me to carry me to the next mile, which like I, it, I got emotional at the time. I was like, mm. you, you guys didn't have to do this, but they're like, we got you. You're fine. Like, come run with me. Like, wow. just make it to the next half mile, quarter mile, stop sign. Um, wow, dude, that's was, so cool. It was, it was a, that was a beautiful experience. And like seeing people out there and supporting me was a beautiful experience. Mm. But like the race itself was just, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I experienced that at mile 13, going go 14 <laughs> at Boston Marathon. Um, so that's when that wall hit me. Uh, my legs started to cramp and it was a little hotter and hu more humid than usual. But for me, that was okay. That wasn't, that wasn't an issue for me having trained all of last year in Florida, even earlier this year in Florida and like the heat and humidity, even growing up, like that's, I'm totally fine with that. Um, what got me were the hills and being mm. untrained in hills, not planning or strategizing accordingly. And by mile 13 of running nonstop hills, I could only do that for 13 miles. And then that wall <laughs> hit me at mile 13. So, um, that it comes in pieces, experience. right? You, 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 oh, yeah. some, something happens and you're like, well, that doesn't feel right. And well, then so this, so this is what happened is like, I was cruising, like I was on pace. I was hitting my, like, I was just a little slower than my marathon pace, but I knew I like, I practiced my kick time and time again. I practiced the, the progression runs, the tempo runs. I practice like the second half of all of my workouts are always stronger than the first half. So like I, I was cruising and I was feeling great mentally, physically great. But I think, after, yeah, it was that immediate wall at mile 13 mm -hmm. or like it was just as I swear, I, I promise you, I'm not joking. As soon as I crossed that marker, that was a, a half marathon marker and it said half marathon. I think maybe it was mental. Maybe it was dude, literally my body was just like, you, you can only go this far. Like this is the oh. mark. And then it, it stopped. Or my, my legs, even my body was fine. My breathing was fine. My body, my legs are actually really fine. But my, my thighs and like and my quads started to crack cramp up so bad like I've never for a long I haven't cramped up like in a long time and then when the, the day that it counted I cramped up the worst um and that's what happened and then I could barely pick up my legs I could like again I felt physically fine I felt like I was in shape my breathing was fine like I could probably have a conversation like I'm having with you right now on the course and I did actually I called my family and my family called me and I talked to them two or three times on the phone another 13 miles to finish the marathon I was fine and moving but my my legs were so so tight like no matter how mentally like mental mentally strong I was my body was telling me no my legs were just tight and telling me no um and even it's funny because like if you if you look at some of my my times towards the tail end of the marathon like I would have periods where my mind would carry me like my mm. mind would push my body and then I would be running marathon pace 
and like mile 18 or 17 or six, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then one mile and I'm done. <laughs> then like I have to walk, run, run, walk like a lot of people do or to, you know, to combat that feeling. Um, and you talk about the mental game too, is when you see people who are struggling, if not worse than you, then it's like, am I going in that direction? Am I about to pass out? Am I about to just collapse? Or like, am I going to get, is it going to get worse? Mm-hmm. Like that mentally messed me up too. Um, and also I felt a little complacent. I felt like it was okay for me to walk because I saw other people do it too. And that is like a new feeling for me. Cause I'm like, I'm so internal that even it doesn't matter what's going on outside of me. Like I could push myself to go, but when I saw other people walk and then I kind of told myself, it's okay for you to walk too. Cause everyone is in the same boat. Everyone is feeling this and that part that mentally that got to me a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, I do think it is good if you if you have to walk a marathon you have to mm-hmm. walk points like that's fine for me I don't like to give myself that permission like right, but I exactly. I had to in Chicago like, there was mm-hmm. no choice yeah. like I for me that was a I think a, a learning experience because that was not the first time I, I had to walk my PR marathon which was in the Rockaways which was a headwind for all 26 miles which was awesome um, there were points at which I had to stop and like. Mm just take my breath because I physically couldn't breathe. But in Chicago, it was a learning experience of like, how do you block out those signs? Mm. Like, I mean, every other marathon I've ever done, the worst thing that I, I, the thing I always disliked was when people would yell, only 5K left. Like that never, <laughs> never helped me because I'm just like, okay, that doesn't, oh, that, that doesn't, that, like, like I know. I, 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 was, I wasn't looking at my watch for a reason <laughs> yeah, and now like, you're telling me how far I have to yeah, go. Like, I Thank know. you. And, and so for you, it's like, you know, crossing uh, halfway, it's like there's a good and a bad there, right? The, the mm-hmm. glass, glass half full is like you've gone halfway. Glass half mm-hmm. empty is that's half of what you have to do. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, like Chicago this year was, you know, people literally dropping like flies mm-hmm. at some point, or at least that's how I was perceiving it. Mm-hmm. It gave me that um, sense of doom mm-hmm. that that was coming for me. This is unavoidable. It is, this, this yeah, is this happen. is inevitable. Yeah. People who look really, really, really strong are, are walking or have clearly have side stitches. When what happened for me was it was a side mm-hmm. stitch. It was a side stitch that I could, I, typically you know you train for these sometimes where you get them on a run and you try to either like slow down massage the area breathe mm-hmm. get, have a, get some water walk through it or like jog through it and i just couldn't it size such turned into a cramp which then turned into the legs not moving and i, <laughs> yeah. I literally felt like i had cement shoes on yeah at, at, yeah. at mile 22 um but that's, I mean, that's, that's what you sign up for, right? That's, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the beauty of the marathon is like, you know, the good days are really good. The bad days are real bad, but yeah. you're, you're, at least for me, I'm chasing, I, what I wanted to walk away feeling like is even if I don't get the time I want, I want to feel good about it. And I didn't mm-hmm. get the time and I didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I remember crossing the finish line with a couple of my teammates sort of at the same time. And we, we just sat down on the grass mm-hmm. and just sort of looked at each other like, what? just had like just sort of like what just happened like what did we just experience <laughs> like did that just happen yeah. like yeah did just we like all, did, yeah, is that we, real yeah none of us felt good mm. <laughs> you know and yeah. i'm in and, and i guess it is glad uh, you know that was a good moment of of connectivity of like yeah did we all experience the same crappy crappy weather but to me i felt like oh like it didn't feel good mm. for me yeah. mm-hmm. um so I took, you know, 
there's that whole meme like I took that personal and I did take it like I want to go back yeah. now to Chicago and run it mm. and feel good because you know, first time was injured second time was whatever that was yeah um, <clears throat> and like you know I left feeling took me a couple of days to process like I, I texted Jess a couple of days later like we talked obviously after um, but I texted her after I was like it took me a couple of days to <clears throat> really process mm. The input of training for months and months and months and months and months and the output of that was to me a blow to mm. how I perceived what I wanted to do. Um, but I was able to, after a couple of days, like you take the L, mm. and then it was I, I was I had New York in three more weeks, so I couldn't I didn't have time to like mm. physically didn't have time to not run. Yeah. Like I had to be, I had track work two days later. Mm-hmm. So it was like a mental shift of like bad race, shake it off, process it, and then start to set your goals and start to set your sights on New York, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, was in a, literally a matter of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now that's short term memory. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, as a competitive athlete, that was, that was the most concrete statement that we could ever have that was applicable to life was short-term memory. Like it's on to the next quarter, it's on to the next game, the next play. Like that's pretty much what we live by. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's the, so, it's a, it's a te- the one, one quick thing, pause on that. It's the Ted Lasso the quote mm-hmm. of be a goldfish. And that was the one thing that I, I actually called, or Jess, I, I tagged her in a post and said she's a Ted Lasso of the NYC running community. And like, <laughs> it's true. Like you have yeah. to be a goldfish. You have to like yep. take the L and just be like, I have work to be done that's in front of me. And you just like mm-hmm. shift right into the next thing. Yep. Like the only thing to carry over from past experiences are the lessons. Like that's it. Yep. Like there's no dwelling. There's no getting down. Like that stuff is not, po- there's no positive return from that. The only positive you get out of a negative experience is the lessons learned. And that in its own is a positive. Um, so then, okay, right into New York City. Like, actually, I want to ask you this first. If you had hit your goal in Chicago, would you have ran as hard in New York? Or would you have wanted to try to hit that goal again for a second time in New York? I didn't, to be honest with you, didn't know. Mm. I, I always, I was, my external messaging was like i'm in new york for the vibes i'm in chicago Mm. for the pr okay but i didn't i had always built up the new york course in my head as like the most difficult course and i had a lot of mental barriers with new york um Mm. fifth ave and queensboro bridge are the two like come to mind i was always like how am i going to get there how am i going to get there and perform in those places um so i actually don't know to be honest with you i i think it gave me a very clear answer after Chicago that I needed mm. to run hard in New York. Um, mm. But the question, the open question was, could I, could mm. I, could, could I run New York as fast or as hard as I would want to? Mm. I didn't know, but yeah, yeah. I, there was a clear answer of like, I'm going to try. I'm going to yeah. do my, I'm going to do my best. Cause I, I clearly missed some, some, I had some unfinished business <laughs> this fall. And so like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to not try. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I, that was definitely the vibe uh, for a lot of people that ran Chicago was the redemption round to come back for another marathon. And that was New York city this past Sunday. Like that was the general vibe. And like, that was the mindset was this is the redemption round marathon. Let's go out and crush it. And I feel like a lot of people did like, that was such a great, um, it was a great day. Such a great 100%. day. Yeah, because so, also people in Berlin, too. I mean, you look at the mm, Berlin, people in oh, Berlin yeah. who had 85 degrees and, 
in in 60% humidity, they they also needed. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was not just the Chicago people, Mm -hmm. but also the people that had done the the Berlin turnaround were like, Mm -hmm. we need to feel good about it. (laughs) Everyone needs (laughs) to feel good about their race. We need to win this season. Yeah, we need need a W. That's that's so funny. So what like okay, before we get into New York, real quick, walk me through the two to three weeks post Chicago leading up to New York. What was your game plan physically, mentally? What were you prepared to do to get ready for New York in two two to three weeks right after uh, Chicago? So physically, you know, Jess laid out a plan that was pretty much like, you know, <clears throat> I need to sustain and build. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a build to New York again. And <clears throat> was using Chicago as kind of like a pseudo long run for New York. Yeah. So yep. because I didn't, like the next day in Chicago, my, my physically my body was fine. I didn't feel like I had run a marathon. Like I, mm-hmm. I did, like I was tired. It's not, not like I'm, a, you know, not superhuman, but my legs do not feel like, like legs now do mm-hmm. not feel like they did the day after Chicago. Like mm-hmm. I was out in a tempo run a couple days later. I did a long run that weekend and my legs were completely fine. They had the mm-hmm. same pop. There was no, there was no build that I needed to do to get my legs back to where they needed to be pre-Chicago. So physically, let Jess laid out a plan for me that was just build back towards New York with like sort of a small, truncated taper. Mm-hmm. So I knew that in the back of my mind, mentally, there was a almost a security blanket if I know Jess is going to have my physical plan mm-hmm. laid out for me. So it's almost yeah. something I don't need to worry about yeah the she took that off your plate she yeah she took that brain part of my brain which she always does takes that part of my brain and and, and it's a it's a stress relief that mm. she has my back there mentally mm. though i had given up a lot of i mean you do this and every marathon or and anyone training for anything knows this um whether it be marathon running or anything you want to do you give up things to achieve your goal sometimes, right? So mm-hmm. for marathons, it's like Friday nights are typically the, the night that suffers the most. If you have a Saturday long run, like you don't go yeah. drink. Yeah. For me, it was during the week also. I would I had given up things that, you know, extracurriculars that I'd want to do or projects that I shelved, you mm-hmm. know, in specifically in September. And <clears throat> also foods that I could, that, that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I stopped drinking a, a ton of, you know, during the week. And I also gave up on things like, you know, partying. It's not that I went out and partied for three weeks in between Chicago and New York, but I did allow myself to start to have other things, part of my life creep in because what Mm -hmm. crossing the line in Chicago, I realized I was like, you know, what if I had just given myself a little bit of a break? I put Mm. so much weight on that race to perform. What if I given myself like an extra slice of cake or I'd gone Mm. out at night, would I have had the same experience? I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I did allow myself a little bit in the mental game, a little more freedom to have more fun in between the races because I, to be honest, I, I didn't know if my legs would perform on New York. So if I didn't, mm. if I still got a time I was unhappy with, I'd at least be like, at least I enjoyed the, you know, <laughs> the, the in between. At least yeah, I enjoyed the, the process in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do think it is, you know, my next training cycle that's going to open me up to thinking mm. like, how do I balance, do a little bit more balance? Because I really went yeah. for Chicago, went all in on the, on the training. training aspect and I, I, I didn't have as much mental uh, enjoyment outside of just training and mm. thinking about training and thinking about the next run as mm. I, as I probably, I could probably alleviate that part of my brain a little bit more. Yeah. You, you need the training life balance, man. That's a it's key important. to success. <laughs> yeah. It's important. Um, all right. So then 
Let's wrap up on this note. Um, New York City Marathon. Walk me through that experience. You PR'd. So if you want to share times, you can. Um, just what what was the vibe the day of Sunday morning, New York City Marathon? How are you feeling? Again, mentally, physically, walk me through the day, walk me through the course. Like, what was that experience for you and the end result? So, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know how my legs would perform. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had built up the course in my head as a series of hills. Like, it's just known mm-hmm. for its hills. It's yeah. known for Fifth Ave Climb. It's known for Queensboro Bridge which I had practiced on ad nauseum throughout my course of my training. Um, so I knew Queensboro, I knew how to do the hills, but I just didn't know what my legs would do day of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in and, you know, let's say the time 321, not a bad time for New York, but I went in not trying to hit or pee like my last goal, my C goal, right? Everyone has their, their mm-hmm. A goal, which is sort of like what they're like, want, B goal. And then they had their secret goal. I sort of just had it it a b and then pr like my a goal was to Mm -hmm. 315 b is 320 c is just pr i didn't have no secret goals i was not going to try to bq Mm -hmm. um i just wanted to have fun i just wanted to enjoy it you know and in the Mm -hmm. days leading up i described it to somebody it felt like my wedding weekend like i was so excited (laughs) and the vibes were so high and i felt like something was happening like there was there was a, a swell of just like community the entire week everyone was being supportive i was just like i want to the advice everyone gives you for your wedding is like just stop and enjoy the moment for one second Mm. like Mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing just stop and look around because this is never going to happen again the people who are here and who love you are surrounding you and you just want to just do a survey of the room Mm -hmm. that's what everyone tells you when you're when you're some people will mention that when you're about to get married so for me that's what i wanted to do i just wanted to just to run it so that I could embrace what was happening. Cause this was my first New York. Mm. It was the first time I had done a, a local race of this magnitude. I'd done some smaller races in New York, mm-hmm. but with attached to a crew and having known a bunch of different crews in New York. Um, mm. So I knew people, not just family that, and so I was going to pass or run with and I succeeded. I mean that, in that goal of just enjoying it, I don't think I would have not been able to enjoy it, but like I, mm. I felt while I walked away feeling like I had the experience that I had mm. built up in my head. Mm. Um, so I guess that's, uh, you know, in terms of the, the mile by mile, um, Verrazano is fun, but I had to pee right off the bridge. So I stopped and <laughs> I stopped at a you border. Did? Oh wow. yeah. I, I was like, you know, it's the trade off. Some people can pee on the run. I just, I can't, mm, Yeah. I, 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 I can't, I didn't really want, Two, uh, I was like, yeah, it'll take me, yeah. t- it'll take me 15 seconds to just jump on a porta potty. So I just, I did the, the un- unspoken things of marathon. <laughs> you, heard, you heard it here on yeah. the podcast. You, you, oh. I have some friends that have peed uh, to PR, peed mm. to PR. Um, there you go. You got to do what you got to do. Sometimes, you gotta, hey, dude, you, you, you got to do what you got to do. No um, judgments at all. Yeah. Not at all. No. If you, if you have to, if I'm running alongside you and you got to go, just go, man. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I no, no judgment free zone. Yeah, I, I might you, I might veer off veer off to the yeah. side a little bit while you're doing that, just, and we can come right back. But I do, try not to get any being, on me yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if you can. Um, yeah. But I would I'm say definitely not. I'm not gonna be behind you during the back no. kick. Like I'm not gonna be that. I'm be as next to you. Yeah, splash zone. Um, but I would say you know I got off to Verrazano. I was like either I'm gonna go now or I'm gonna think about it for a bunch of miles. Mm. But what that 
did is there was I was running with a few different people that I had known. Um, it basically they, I said, don't wait for me, just go. And mm-hmm. um, so I basically ran from mile four to the end, essentially alone. I wasn't with I wasn't with a pack that I knew people around me. I didn't really. Apparently, I was running with Willie Geist, mm. but I didn't I didn't see him. Um, yeah. And I don't really know Willie Geist, but that was the only per- person who I could name check around yeah. me. Um, but I felt, you know, I was solo, but I didn't feel never felt alone. Like mm. there was never a point. There was never a mile I didn't know somebody. There was never a mile that someone wasn't shouting. There was never a mile mm. that I didn't feel like the vibes carried me through. Wow. Um, you know, so I got to mile 13 and I had just, I had the, the blast from four right off the bridge all the way through to, to, um, Pulaski. It was just a party mm-hmm. Fort green brought it. Um, Williamsburg brought it. People were just, people were, you're running like right alongside people. You're like inches mm-hmm. away from people. Yeah. Phenomenal. The second half hard as shit. Holy crap. <laughs> I, I sort of knew coming off of the, I read Meb's book on uh, 26 marathons and he, he, he talks about New York a lot and he, he talks about you basically get to first Ave, and first Ave is when the pros start to initiate their race. Like that's when mm. you, you, you're, you're gauging people all the way through, but first Ave is when you can take off. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I was like, get to first Ave. That was my first goal. And then feel good getting the Marcus Garvey park, which is the, 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 the park you go from, you get into Harlem and then you, you swing along fifth Ave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd run with Harlem run a lot, a couple times, not a lot, but a couple times leading up. So I knew Marcus Garvey. I knew the area. I knew what to expect. Mm. Oh, cool. So those were my two landmarks, but then I got to first Ave and I didn't realize first Ave is essentially a small incline all the way up until mm. you get to the Bronx. And it's again, mm-hmm. I was like, who the hell put a hill here? Like, yeah, it's just multiple different ways that you, the course just is, every turn is gives you something new to think about, which is good, Mm -hmm. but also gives you something else to focus on that you need Mm -hmm. to work through. So, um, got to Marcus Garvey, made it up to the Bronx. Um, that's where I saw you, you were at Boogie Down Bronx. Like those Mm -hmm. guys are always bringing the noise. They're they're throwing a party. Yeah. They were having a good time. It was a good vibe, like solid vibe there and a great spot too. Um, just under a couple like overpasses, you got like you got some quiet, you got music, you got the cheer section. It was a good combination of what I think people needed at that time. 100%. Um, and then it was a, such a pleasure to be there and like taking some photos of the community running by like that. It was such a great experience for me as a spectator and also as an athlete on the other side of it. Like that was just really cool to see. And then being able to see you and a number <laughs> of people that just, we recognize each other. And like that moment that was like, let's go. Like you, I, I know I encourage you. I encourage everyone that I saw that a lot of the community itself, but especially mm-hmm. like people that you recognize, um, you really get hype for your friends and family. And like that, I was like, let's go. Y'all are crushing it. I'm so happy to just be watching y'all do it and crushing it and then keep going. And yeah, so that was cool to, to share that, um, mile 2021. 20, yeah. And, and that, like, to be honest with you, that gave me, I knew that I, cause I, I imagine I was trying to get to Marcus Garvey, but I knew getting there boogie down would mm-hmm. carry me through the Bronx because I was that was my low one of my low points was right in the Bronx mm. where it's a little you're doing a lot of turns so you can't really get in a rhythm or at mm. least I couldn't find a, a rhythm and then once I saw you and I saw Lenny and Lenny with the bullhorn shouted my name and that was like 
you know, the moment where I, I, I paid for it after. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. We so, talked about this before. Yeah. yeah. We talked about this a little bit. I paid for it. So I, 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 I screamed and I was like, let's go. And like, I, you know, I gave a big fist bump and a, and a, and did like an airplane and like, mm-hmm. it's like seconds after I was like, Oh God. And, <laughs> and like, I was like, okay, I'm a winded, I'm exhausted. Oh, like I just, I, I, I expelled so much energy yeah. um, there that I, I, I paid for it for the next mile. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then I got the fifth Ave and fifth Ave, like, FML, dude, Fifth Ave. It, it's it, I didn't. I always heard horse. And I run, I've run up it a million times, but I always mm-hmm. heard like that moment in the race is the hardest. Mm-hmm. But I never contemplated what my brain would be like there. Mm. Yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer. I love marathon running because there's no you can't fake it to there. Uh. Like there's no level of cross training you can get to stimulate what it's like to be on mile 24 of the marathon mm-hmm. Fifth Ave. You have to just physically run it. Mm-hmm. which is the beauty of it, but it was sucked. It's it, and, that, and from there to the end was sort of a little bit of a blur. I was sort of tunnel vision and just like right leg, left leg, right leg, left yeah. leg, and just all the way to the end. Nice. You did it, and you PR'd, so congratulations <laughs> too, man. Um, that's cool, dude. That, 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 and it's like that is probably uh, such a relatable experience and story. Like everyone... You did great, and I'm pretty sure like a lot of people had again shared those experiences, and that comes with just the community running that same marathon in that same day, and that energy was real, man. It's that's so cool. Um, glad that we were able to t- chat about that on the show. Totally. Um, well, there you go. I mean, people tuning in. That is Dave, the athlete, um, <laughs> otherwise known as the photographer. I'm glad that we touched on you as a runner, man. That that your story is great. That's cool. Um, and you know what? Next episode, we'll dive into photography and content again because I knew you up front as the photographer, like not just a photographer, the photographer oh, coming into New York. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this guy, cool. Um, it was a pleasure getting to know you, man. Um, earlier this year, even now, like to call you my friend and runner like cool dude it's such such a great it's a pleasure to have you on the show and and, and to chat with you and to, to connect with you the way that we do in the community absolutely I th- you know thank you for having me on and, and thank everyone who obviously who not obviously but like i want to thank everyone who came out to new york mm. and as a part of the community you know i think uh jacob underplays how much integrated he is into all the other run crews <laughs> outside of just brooklyn track but like um, community to I always a firm believer the last thing I'll say on this like community to be a part of it you have to you have to participate and I think mm. you have to and participating means showing up and even if it's just showing up you don't have to be an active member to be a part of the community but like you know everything in the last week I felt is just gratitude for people like you Jacob for everyone you know who cheers or who you know was just out there for the first time you know it's 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 something that like people get emotional about and I didn't understand it until mm-hmm. I experienced it. Yeah. And now every time I think about it, I get emotional about it. But it's, mm. um, you know, thank you for having me on. And it's a, it's a pleasure to get to talk to you. Yeah, man. Same, same. Hopefully next New York City Marathon, I'll be right there running along with you. Um, you know what? I'm super eager to rip it again. Like Boston was such a great experience. Uh, hopefully I have another marathon coming up maybe in a few weeks. But if not, uh, definitely I have a lot of plans for next year. Um, diving into performance and strategy and trying to build on uh, me as an athlete and as a runner. So hopefully 
stay tuned. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> coming into next year, I'll be able to run some of these, uh, you know, major marathons with the best of you. Um, and I'm super excited and eager to do that. Um, again, man, thank you for your time. Uh, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure um, to the audience. Thank you. Um, yeah, man, any, any last things? Are you good? You all set? Uh, j- all set. Just uh, continue listening to Jacob. Dude's got wisdom. Drops their bombs. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Stay and, tuned. And I'll see you out there, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, man. Yeah, thank you to all those listening, tuning in. Um, stay tuned. More to come. As always, stay for the stories. All right, man. We're good. <laughs>